This is David Wheaton. The following is a TCW short take, a bite-sized highlight from the Christian Worldview radio program. You can hear the full program at thechristianworldview.org. Describe the spectrum of those who have more continuationist beliefs and why it is the fastest growing branch of Christianity today. You've got folks that just come to faith and they're saved and they just haven't studied pneumatology. So they're they're looking at the Bible and things make sense now. They believe the gospel and they come to like First Corinthians 12 or or something like that and they go, I am I supposed to be healing people? The, the guy from Bethel said signs and wonders are supposed to follow my life. I'm supposed to be prophesying and raising the dead. And like, okay, that doesn't make sense though. I, I should study this. And they study it and come to find that that's not the normative pattern for every Christian. You don't have to do all those things. And then you get to the end of 1 Corinthians 12, and Paul says not all do all those things. We all have been given a spiritual gift. And so maybe that person says, look, I don't know if God is, is giving somebody the gift of tongues in like a jungle somewhere, but basically I, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what the cessationist thing is or the continue. I just, I'm pretty sure that, you know, I believe the Bible and, and all that stuff's a little above my pay grade. So you got those kind of people and, and they just need to learn and keep digging and keep growing. You got the other people, like a John Piper says, he's a what is, he's the open but cautious continuationist where he says, well, I don't see it in the text, and so I don't want to say that, and I think we're supposed to pray for these things. I've never gotten them. So he's got a track record. Like their church basically, when he, he's not the pastor at Bethlehem anymore, but when he was there, it essentially looked similar to, let's say, a, a John MacArthur-led service. They sang hymns, they preached the word, you know, no one was down at the altar falling everywhere. John Piper wasn't like, here's an open microphone, come prophesy, and, and nobody was babbling in tongues. It, it was generally the same. So you got your open but cautious continuationist. And then you've got your full-blown, we need to be pursuing these things. If you don't have them, there's something you're missing. Come to our conference, learn how to prophesy. Learn, and then there's like, learn how to be an apostle, or do you feel like an apostle? Some people charge for this stuff, like Bethel. They have their supernatural school of ministry. You literally pay tuition. The locals there call it Hogwarts, the the Harry Potter school for magic or whatever in that movie. I never saw Harry Potter, but they call it Hogwarts because it's just this crazy supernatural school that they they say you're gonna come here and people are like are they witches? Like is this a cult? What are they doing? So you have the spectrum, and here's my concern: too many people are basing their position on feelings experiences and on what other people say and not the scriptures. I have no problem disagreeing with someone on the normative pattern of the miraculous sign gifts today, as we would call them. No issue. If someone doesn't agree with my position and I I lay it out in the book respectfully, I give you the different categories. I try to help people really see the road that I took to get there. And I would be classified as a cessationist or people, I, I love to use the words, the phrase non-normative. Like it's not the normative pattern because it takes it away from cessation and people like, oh, you know, Costi doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm like, y'all are crazy. Of course we believe in the Holy Spirit or some other caricature. Oh, you just believe God stopped working. Like, right. no. Or, or you believe. put God in the box. That's a favorite one. Yeah. The put God in the box that go, all those are just false dichotomies and, and kind of distracting. Like you, you think of this argument as a tree 
The trunk is the core of the truth and what we're discussing. The branches are all the weird analogies people use to, to make it seem worse than it is. And you go, no, I believe that the pattern in the early church, based on what the scriptures teach us, was the normative pattern of miraculous signs and wonders through the apostles and the prophets. The early church, they established the church. It exploded, and God used miracles, signs, and wonders, and the gift of tongues, known languages exploding forth with the gospel, with the message to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I want to show people, look at these instances. Does this look like your Pentecostal church down the street at the altar when you're 12 and you're told, just move your lips, shabababa, just keep going, keep saying what they're telling? No, it doesn't. It's purposeful. Tongues were assigned to unbelieving Jews. Tongues exploded forth, and even the Jews who were at Pentecost started saying, hey, even the Gentiles are getting this stuff. Why? Because God was showing you once and for all at the establishing of the church I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And that was all evidence. Well, now there's not apostles. There's not prophets. Prophets were, according to Ephesians 2.20, the foundation of the church. I love that passage because it explains we are built, Paul says, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Christ himself being the cornerstone. There's your picture, David. The apostle, I have apostles. There are no apostles today, people say. Oh, you don't believe there are apostles today? No, I have apostles. Their names are Peter, James, John, Paul. Those are my apostles, and I have prophets. They are the Old Testament prophets. They are the New Testament prophets. They received revelation from God, and they delivered it with perfect accuracy. They never got it wrong, like today's prophets who are fallible, I don't agree, and I respectfully say this, I'm a younger, I'm only 39 in a month. I got no business mixing it up with the Wayne Grudems of this world. Dr. Grudem is a, a, a theologian and a giant and has been. I would disagree, though, respectfully with those like him or others who say that you can have fallible prophecy today. How do you claim to hear from God and to declare the word of the Lord, but you get it wrong? And then right. you got to repent like some of these men have. I don't agree with that position, though we can be respectful in our disagreement. Why? Because the Bible shows me a perfect accuracy rate for prophets, and they are the foundation. And now we have the revealed Word of God, His revelation poured forth, and the cornerstone Himself, Christ. And then Paul says, we are being built atop them as a holy temple unto God. So I always ask the question, do you ever relay a foundation? And someone might say, well, yeah, when the house is really, really compromised. Well, you tell me, is Jesus building a house, spiritually speaking, that is based on a faulty foundation? He's not. He laid the perfect foundation through the apostles, the perfect foundation through the, through the prophets, and he is the cornerstone, and we're being built top that. So the normative pattern today is not going to be those things wielded at will. Does God heal? Yes. Can we pray for healing? Yes. Is he a sovereign God who can do miracles? Yes. Does he intervene in countless ways in our lives? Of course. That's his divine providence working always. But you don't need to be chasing signs and wonders and feeling like you're a second-class citizen if you don't do all these things. Just go to the Scripture 
I take two chapters on spiritual gifts. One is just defining all of them. And the reason I did that is because if you define these biblically, then you can apply them rightly. But if you define them in an ambiguous way, well, you're going to be applying them sort of oddly or in with, without clear trajectory. So if you define them biblically, it's remarkable. If you define tongues, not as ecstatic babble, but as known languages, what do you think of tongues today, Kosti? I go, I want to hear somebody speak in Chinese or right. Taiwanese or Cantonese at will and go declare the gospel. And then they do that all the time. That's what Paul did. Otherwise, you can't do the, you know, chic, nana, ba, 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 all this stuff. And then you, you also can't do that in services in mass. Like, you know, you've maybe seen this or someone's listening. They see this stuff. People say, pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. And you have all these people begin speaking in these babbling languages. Well, that's a full breach of first Corinthians right. 14. Man, yeah. I just want people to think biblically on this, even if we don't agree. This has been a short take from the Christian Worldview radio program. To hear the full program and connect with this nonprofit radio ministry, go to thechristianworldview.org. I'm David Wheaton.